Doc Manson at Doc Manson DC Matthews at the DC Matthews this is the list Doc Manson at Doc Manson I am exhausted you are how come DC Matthews at the DC Matthews we we just recorded spoiler alerts we just recorded uh what will be last week's episode of The List, and those people who are listening to this week's episode will know that last week's episode was chock full of craziness and changes and a new greatest wrestler of all time, and I'm so used to us just talking about 10 or 15 wrestlers that no one's ever heard of that to get all of these big names was exhausting. Oh. Well, I mean, I thought it was exciting. Uh, well, I am invigorated. To talk about. <clears throat> I am invigorated. In fact, I have a question okay. that I'd like to ask you. Um, do you think we, you and I, are just naturally biased towards heels? Yes. Because I look at the list, and, and we'll do the top ten, but many of the names on this list are heels. Is it that it's just a bias of the two of us? Or is it just that some of the greatest wrestlers of all time are heels? I think it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. I mean, I can think of plenty of faces that I think have a pretty fair shot at the top five. So, all right, they just haven't come up. Maybe yet. it's just the na- the nature of it. All right, well, run it down for us here. Give us the top ten, which is so different than it was uh, just last week, and then it's let's get like going. Everybody shifted by two. Uh, number ten, the great Muda. Number nine, Vader. Eight, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Seven, Christopher Daniels. Six, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Five, Kevin Owens. Four, the Iron Sheik. Three, the bad guy Scott Hall. Number two, John Cena. And number one, the greatest wrestler of all time is Mr. McMahon. All right. I feel good about it. If you have questions, if there is something that you don't like, uh, you send your emails to podcast at ddtwrestling.com. Make sure you put in the subject line reconciliation. We will save your emails because we are, you know, 10 or 12 or 13 episodes away from another reconciliation show. Something like that. All right. Uh, by my count, there are 796 names on the male list. There are 69 names on the women's list. <laughs> Pick your poison, Doc Manson. Can I have a number, please? 765. 765. Going way, way down. I randomized these, as I always do, before each one. 765. We can talk about this wrestler, though you will have no idea who it is. This wrestler's name is Kenny Chaos, spelled K-A-O-S. Any relation to Kenny Omega? No, no, not also no relation to Kenny of the Spirit Squad. Okay, so no relation amongst people whose first names are Kenny. No, not Ken Kennedy, not any of that. Um, Kenny Chaos was a wrestler in WCW in the mid to late 90s, and he was part of the team known as High Voltage. It was Kenny Chaos and Robbie Rage. They were High Voltage. They came out of the power plant, which was uh, WCW's training facility. Um, K- 
Kenny Chaos was the better of the two. He was, I was going to say the Jeff Hardy of the group, but you could argue now which Hardy actually is better. Um, he was the one that you looked at him and went, you could be a star someday, Kenny Chaos. Robbie Rage was fairly vanilla, but Kenny Chaos had a big head of blonde hair, was a, pre- was, was a pretty good athlete, but not a very good wrestler. So here's a question for you. Um, yes. Do you feel strongly about rating these gentlemen separately, or could oh, Kenny no. Chaos be high voltage? I have, I keep forgetting that we can pair these together. We, we should be ranking high voltage. In fact, I need to remember to do that. I need to go and get Robbie Rage off the list as well. At some point, I need to go through our big list. to do, But no, we can, we can rank them together. High voltage was one of those teams. They're below the Horner line, big, muscular guys who looked like they should be good wrestlers and were not. Again, that's kind of the Mason Ryan era. We just had this conversation with Tori on last week's episode, probably right around the same place, wrestlers that looked like they should be good but weren't. So, I mean, better or worse than Phi Delta Slam at 190? Worse. Okay. Right, I'm, I was going to say. I'm looking right at, you know... Probably better than Marty Bell, maybe better than Roadblock, but Roadblock came to the ring with one of those big traffic sign things. Mm, he had a gimmick. He did. They did not. All right. So I would actually say, I would say right there, 202, right below Roadblock. All right. That's fair. High voltage. Their music would be like, danger, high voltage. That was and they came game. out of the power plant. Yes. Clever. Yes. All right. High voltage ranked 202. Well, the next number then is 447. 447 brings us to Ryan Braddock. Well, we can't all be winners. <laughs> uh, Ryan Braddock, who apparently is also known as Jay Bradley and Aiden O'Shea, wrestled in WWE on SmackDown in 2008. Uh-huh. Once. <laughs> like, like, yeah, like like four times. And that was it. I've never seen him wrestle. He, he was I, part of I TNA. I suspect I've seen him wrestle, but he would have been really... I probably saw him on the SmackDown match against Festus, but... <laughs> like... I, won the match. I don't know who this is. Braddock won the match after Jesse and Festus wrapped him in bubble wrap and duct tape. I think you would remember that, though. That seems like something that you should remember if you saw it. Yeah, you, you would think so. But I don't. So uh, All right. Then, we're as, as happens on the list, when we don't know who these people are, they go right off the list. So I need another number, please. 686. 686 brings us to Miguel Perez Jr., who is one of Los Bariquas, who we already ranked. Great. So can I have another number, please? 302. 302. I feel like we're making good progress this episode. We're just clipping Um, along. King Moe. Not Mo of Men on a Mission, Mo, because that was King Mabel. That's who I this thought we were talking This is the MMA about. fighter who then wrestled for TNA. Do you know who this is? 
Were you watching TNA um, in the era of King Mo? I, I'm going to say yes. Okay, good, because I don't know who this is, so you can rank him for me. I'm not sure that I can. Like, I'm pretty sure I remember King Mo. I remember the name. I was definitely watching TNA at the time. But once again, I don't really know who well, this and, is. And it looks like he didn't... Because he was an MMA guy who said he would wrestle when he had time. He was a guest enforcer for a street fight. Then he came back and attacked some people, but then was removed from the team, and then he was gone. So actually, I don't think he ever wrestled. And then he was in Lashley's corner. So yeah, we'll take him off the list as well because he's he's no. It's interesting that he has a finishing move listed on Wikipedia, and yet he never wrestled. What is his finishing move? I don't even see that. A royal flush. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Moving right along. Our next number is 641. 641. Scott Armstrong. One half of the Armstrong brothers. Correct. Well, one fourth of the Armstrong brothers because there were four of them. Uh, Scott Armstrong is better known. He's a referee. He is the Armstrong brother who is a referee. If you looked at a picture of Scott Armstrong, you would absolutely know who he is because he has been a referee for the WWE for, uh, I think he's an agent now, but he was a referee for a very long time. Oh, yeah, that guy. Um, He's the guy who kind of looks like an older, slightly more doughy Ken Kennedy. Yes. Yeah, I know this guy. I'm I'm hearing cutlery. Yeah, what I grilled some chicken yesterday. This is just some leftovers. Ah. We, you know, the the Manson and Matthews families got together for uh, for lunch over the weekend. How's the book? I'm assuming you've devoured the Miranda Sings book I got you cover to cover already. I have not. However, I have started reading it. There's a bookmark in it. Okay. That's and I will really, tell you. I'll take that as a victory right there. What I have read thus far is humorous. The one thing that is both humorous and infuriating is that she misspells your every single time in the entire book. (laughs) Well done. It's hilarious, but also I hate it. Well done. Which means I love it. That's very clever. Yeah, and Um, the other thing is there are hidden videos throughout the book, which is to say there are QR codes Ah. that you can scan. And it brings you to these hidden videos from her website. So, you are getting me even more Miranda Sings in my life. I can only thank you. Well, you are very welcome. And I can thank you because you had mentioned that while your burger was fine, it was no burrito bowl from Moe's. And that stuck in my head so that yesterday on our way home uh, from a little theater, I stopped at Moe's and got a burrito bowl. Good for you. And it was excellent. All right, so uh, Scott Armstrong, the oldest of the Armstrong brothers. The Road Dog uh, is the most famous Armstrong brother. Brad Armstrong, also very famous. Um, Wait. Scott Armstrong had a career. Every, you the know, Road I Dog? Re- is it Armstrong? Yeah. He's I the baby. Huh. He's the baby baby. Also a Gulf War veteran, Brian Armstrong. Oh, okay. 
aka the Red Duck. Um, you know, we most like I said, most of us know him as a as a referee. He had a career wrestling in Smoky Mountain. I thought and... his name was Jesse James. What? What? I said I, I thought he was the Road Dog Jesse James. He is, but his real name is Brian Armstrong. Well, that's not true. His real name, I. <laughs> you had so much chicken in your mouth. You're welcome. His name is Brian James. The, the family's last name is James. So. So what's with all the Armstrongs? Uh, I'm assuming it just seemed like a better name than... James. James. Okay, that's fair. Moving on. Um, have you ever seen Scott Armstrong wrestle? Yes. I certainly have seen him referee. Yes. And he's a damn fine referee. I have seen him wrestle in tag teams with his brother Steve. They were enhancement talent tag teams. So they had a you know a mild. They would they would win a match on Nitro now and again. I would put him below the Horner line again solely as a wrestler, um, but fairly you know high up there. We just recently ranked uh, Adam Pierce. I would say he's probably above that. So I would put him right there at one seventy two above Adam Pierce, just slightly below the Horner line. Okay, I'll take it. All right. Um, at any point, feel free to swap over to the women's numbers. I've lost count because we've been just cutting people off the list last and left and right. So yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Maybe. Is that another number, please. I'm trying. I'm trying here. Okay. Uh, One hundred and thirty-seven. One three seven brings us to. Why am I stopped it? Oh. <laughs> Oh, if this was a Wrestle Silly list, he would be in the top ten. Okay. It's the goon. Ooh. How do you feel about the goon, DC Matthews? Um, I've seen the goon many times. Uh, I've watched him in WCW NWA as Wild Bill Irwin. He was had like a cowboy character. And then he shows up in WWF uh, in hockey gear. He's the goon. He's a hockey player. He wears... You know, wrestling boots that have little, you know, fake skates built into the feet, which I can't imagine how you wrestle in that because your balance has to be off. But he's got the shirt, he's got the gloves, he's got the stick. It it, it was it was the quintessential early '90s WWF character where any job could therefore be a character: trash man, plumber. Hockey player. Uh, I think notably, the goon was featured in the gimmick battle royal at WrestleMania 17. Yes. And, you know, again, while I've... While I have seen Wild Bill Irwin, I just want to quickly check his Wikipedia page. Because he wrestled from 79 to 96 before becoming the goon. He had a 17-year career before becoming the goon. So, you know, yeah, he was part of a... Uh, you know, let's face it. We only know him as the goon. That's true. That's true. Um, again, I would, you know, I don't think he's... I would. I, I try to think about what would Jeremy say, because Jeremy is kind of the, bur- the, the origin of the Horner line. I would think that he would put Wild Bill Irwin slash the goon below the Horner line. But then again, he's a wrestling hockey player. He is. 
So, I have to admit, I don't feel strongly about the goon. Like, we're not talking Mantar territory. Here. No, I wouldn't even say he's Bastion Booker territory. No, no, I don't think so. Um, where yeah, is I would even put him. I would even put him uh, below Luchasaurus. Yeah. May he rest in peace. The Luchasaurus has passed? Uh, according to Twitter, that character may have been killed off on Lucha Underground, further giving you no reason to ever watch that promotion again. Fair. All right. Well. So, you know, we want to talk the Hakushi territory, the Mean Street Posse territory. I actually like both of those characters more than the goon. Um, Okay. Lash LaRue territory. I think I can see him higher than that. Than who? Lash LaRue? Yeah. Man Mountain Rock, the guitar player. Somewhere in there. All right. Yeah. You want to say 160? Somewhere right kind of in the middle there? Sure. Yeah, 160. Close to the Horner line. The goon, not the good. The goon, 160th greatest wrestler of all time. All right. That sounds appropriate. All right. One more from the men's list. Sure. 31. 31. One. Head back up to the top, scroll down, 31, 31, 31. Flamita. Okay. I've, I know this name now because he's been drafted in the DDT draft a couple of times. He is a luchador, uh, but I've never seen him wrestle. So if you've never seen him wrestle, we need another number. All right. The next number is... And this is coming from the women's list. Aha. Number 45. 45. I will say, while I get to 45, I will say that um, Flamita, according to Dave Meltzer, is apparently one of the best high flyers in the world. So hopefully someday Mm. we will see him. Um, Are you ready? We're about to turn this whole show around. All right, let's do it. The 45th name on the women's list is sensational. Is it a Sherry of some kind? It is sensational Sherry Martell. So here's the thing. Now, I'm obviously rather rather familiar with sensational Sherry. In my head, though, I'm not sure I'm familiar with her as a wrestler. Mm-hmm. So what can you tell me about that? She is a former WWF Women's Champion. She, her wrestling career was early on, and before she aligned with Shawn Michaels, before mm-hmm. she aligned with the Macho King, okay. um, she showed up and she she was a wrestler, and she was Women's Champion for like a year and a half before losing it to Rock and Robin. Now this is women's wrestling in the eighties. Oh sure. So we need to but. She always seemed like a capable physical specimen, um, and she definitely had a unique look. I remember the eye makeup in general, but I remember sometimes she would also kind of do like a half face paint type thing, which was also uh, very striking. Uh, She had that big, teased up, hair sprayed 80s hair. Like, she definitely had, like, you, you knew Sensational Sherry when you saw her, and you, I don't know about you, but I was terrified uh, when I saw her. Um, I I love Sherry. I think she's you know we're we're talking 
one of the great characters, and we had this conversation with Vince McMahon, one mm. of the great characters. She was a core part of the Randy Savage Elizabeth reunion at WrestleMania 7. Yeah. You know, Macho King loses, Sherry kind of turns on him, Elizabeth comes out of the crowd to, you know, stop her. Uh, which leads to Randy and Liz getting back together. She was the original person to sing the I'm Just a Sexy Boy song. Yep. When yep. she managed that, she, there was a great feud between Shawn Michaels and Rick Martell. No relation um, to Sherry Martell. That was going but, to be a question of mine. But the they had a match where you couldn't hit each other in the face. Because it was the model versus the heartbreak kid. And she was torn because she was flirting with Rick Martell, but she was managing Shawn Michaels. And they had a whole match. Like it was like the rules were you couldn't mess up each other's hair and you couldn't punch each other in the face. I think I remember seeing that, but I was very confused because the entire time I assumed they were brother and sister. No. Yeah. They had they happened to have the same last name, although that's not her actual last name. No, it was just no. a gimmick last name. Well, you know, I'm gonna go off of the strength of her character here. Um again, being largely unfamiliar with the wrestling, but I think the characters, you know, have to speak very strongly on our version of the list. Um I'm gonna say I can see her easily in the top fifty. I'm looking at top twenty. Okay. Because right. again, we ranked we ranked Mr. McMahon the number one wrestler of all time, and granted he had plenty of matches, but not a wrestler. Like we're ba- we're basing a lot of that on the fact that he was a great character who happened to wrestle a time or two. Mm. I uh, will say, I, I feel like Sensational Sherry definitely is one of the notable characters of all time. Mm-hmm. Now, to be fair, I said top 20, but let me actually look at the names. You know, we've got Nikki Bella and Alexa Bliss, 25 and 24. I think solely for um, just name recognition and career length, I would put her ahead of those two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Sasha Banks at 21, Bull Nakano at 20. I could go kind of either way. Um you know, Sasha Banks has certainly had more great moments as a wrestler than Sherry did. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe we're talking 23, somewhere around the Paul Orndorff area. You know, we could... And this is the thing. There's a lot of women in this area just because of the way the, the list currently exists. I would put her ahead of Natalia. I'd put her ahead of Jacqueline. I'd put her ahead of Gail Kim. Uh-huh. I mean... What about Mae Young? That's, that's kind of what I was initially saying. I was initially thinking to myself, I'd put her as the highest woman on the list so far. You know, Mae Young is currently at 17. My I don't think you can is... argue with the legacy of Mae Young being, well, seemingly being more important. But at the same time, when I think about my childhood, my nostalgia, when I think about somebody who was always there involved doing different things. Yeah. I mean, Sherry... Sherry's a character that that, that immediately comes to mind. Then she went to WCW. She was part of, like, a Ric Flair Hulk Hogan storyline. She managed Harlem Heat early on when Booker T was kind of just a young pup. Um, You know, she had a... 
funny angle with Colonel Robert Parker, who was another manager from that time. So, you know, I would say I could make a case that she deserves to be in the top 15. You know, like, I'm looking at Chris Benoit, JBL. She's in the conversation with those two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could go top 10. I'd like to, but, but I don't do you know think if I you can. could go to number 12? Yes. She could supplant Roman Reigns. I agree. Maybe not as high as Jeff Jarrett. Though. Though. You know. Hmm. I'm not against this. Keep talking. I could put her in the, I could put her at 10. You put her above Great Muda. Yeah, Great Muda fantastic character watching WCW in 2000. I just literally watched him wrestle a match less than an hour before we started recording. But you Oh, know, happy day. Number 10. Yeah. Sherry Martel, the 10th greatest of all time. The thing that I love about this is pretty much for the first time, at least in the recent past, maybe since the inception of the list, although I'm not 100% sure on that, I know every name in the top <laughs> 10 again. I think we that was that was eventually going to happen. Yes. <laughs> so, all right, I'm I'm very happy with that. Sherry Martell, sensational Sherry, and I'm just going to call her sensational Sherry because she was sensational. Tenth uh, greatest of all time. Sensational. Another number, please. All right, we're gonna go with number seven hundred and ninety. Seven nine. Are there still zero. that many on the list? There are not. There are seven hundred and eighty-eight. All right. Let me reformulate that, and let's go to seven twenty-two. Seven two-two. Sylvain Grognier, or Sylvain Grognier, depending on your uh, pronunciation. Tell yeah. me about Sylvester. Garnier. Grenadier? Yeah. Sylvester Grenade. Um, Sylvain Garnier was part of La Resistance. La Resistance! With, who was his partner in La Resistance? Rene Dupree. Rene Dupree. And then eventually Rob Conway. Pre, oh, Rob Conway. Pre your favorite song of all, one of your favorite songs of all time. Yeah. I like that Rob Conway gimmick. Uh, yeah, it was look a good at me. Gimmick. It was a good gimmick. Um, are we going to rate... Sylvester, or are we going to rank La Resistance? I would rank La Resistance, not counting Rob Conway. I yes. would rank uh, yeah. Sylvain Grenier and Rene Dupree. There was a time Rene Dupree won the tag titles, I think, at like 19 years old. Wow. Um, he was the son of an agent, like a, a Vince McMahon guy. Um, you know, again, had a very good look, could have been a really big star, and wasn't. Yeah. I always feel like one of them was the Mountie, but I know that they weren't. <laughs> I feel like he just has that look. It, he could have. He could have definitely had that sort of thing. Yes, but he won it in. Uh, oh, <laughs> I love Wikipedia. Uh, by winning the World Tag Team Championship, Dupree became the youngest champion of any kind at 19 years old until Nicholas, at <laughs> 10 years old. <laughs> 
won the tag. The thing I love about Nicholas is it's a stupid, stupid gift. And it's a stupid gift that keeps giving. Have you seen... Are we going to rank Nicholas? He's on the list. He has to be, right? Yes, he's a former champion. Um, Do you remember what Rene Dupree looked like? Kind of? You need to take a look at him now. Because he still got the muscles, but he added, like, a whole bunch of tattoos. And it's just really funny to look at pictures of him before and after. Well, there's some strange tattoos on his arm. Yeah. And he's got some weird one on his chest that looks like Lincoln Logs. Yeah. Almost like a ladder or something. A little step ladder. Um, La Resistance, you know, was, again, in the same way... You bring up the Ma- the Quebecers or the Mountie. Jacques Rougeau originally was part of the Rougeau brothers, which was essentially La Resistance, but instead of being French, they were French-Canadian. Mm-hmm. But a very similar gimmick. Um, you know, they were fine. They won the tag titles a couple of times. back. They wore berets. Four times, I suppose. Um, but again... I, I would go out on a limb and say not. I feel like they were talented. Memorable. They were solid hands, perhaps. But I have no particular love of I, I would be... Again, they won the tag titles a bunch. But I would be slightly hard-pressed to put them above the Horner line. Because, again, going down, we've got, you know... The Mean Street Posse, I suppose they're better than the Mean Street Posse. Yeah. Not much better. The Bollywood Boys, they have a better career than the Bollywood... I'd put them kind of in the same breath as Crime Time. Yeah. Crime Time, I think, does well based off of just the strength Probably better than Crime Time. The gimmick of Crime Time was better. Yes. But they were more successful. Again, that Evan Bourne, Rich Swan era, area maybe, 125. How do you feel about La Resistance versus Hector Garza? Okay. 123? Yeah. All right. La Resistance. Clocking in. The 123rd. Right behind Kimberly or Abby Lath. Yes. Yes. All right. Fair. All right. In which case, our next number is 766. Man, this generator really likes the big numbers. 766 is another tag team. The Highlanders. <gasps> remember the Highlanders? I do remember the Highlanders, and I remember them quite fondly. I remember them, and then I remember them getting fired. They're so dumb. <laughs> I remember getting fired because, um, yeah, one of them showed up at an impact taping. And was seen in the crowd, and they got fired. That's too bad. Because of it. Like, he did, He was listed under his real name, but he got a phone call while there yeah. from a WWE official saying, get the hell out of there. <laughs> and they were fired fairly soon after. I don't remember them having a particularly long tenure in the WWE. No, like a year. Yeah. Well, no. 2006 to 2008. Now, granted, okay. I wasn't watching through mu- much of that, so I don't know a lot of the Highlanders. I remember except- them being, you know, Scottish, goofy, 
Um, I think they tried to be serious a little bit at first, but they were mostly just sort of these goofy, quirky characters. I, I, I remember being enamored w- with the look and the goofiness, but... Mm-hmm. Um, but again, we have to put them below La Resistance. They didn't win any tag titles. Yeah, I suppose so. Would you put them in the crime time category? I would put them, I think, below crime time. Below the Ascension? Um, yeah, the Ascension had a good NXT run. How would you rank them with TJP? I think we're getting there. How about... Bastion uh, Booger? Yeah, I, you know, I think actually around TJP. Somewhere around 137. Ahead or below? Below. Below the Booger. So maybe above Matt Taven? Maybe. There you go. 139. Uh, Although I'm not sure if I can in good faith say that they're really better than the Mean Street Posse. That's quite a jump. Oh, man. That's it. It's a jump. Yeah. Uh, The Goon. Well, are either of them solid hands? Because that's what we're talking about here. Otherwise, they need to be below the Horner line. Like, the Spirit Squad is 181st. Yeah, but the Highlanders had a gimmick that I liked. Okay. So I think they're getting probably more... They're appearing higher on this list than I think their talent would otherwise uh, afford. So would you put them above the Spirit Squad? Yes. I would. All right. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm looking at this. I think he's above... I think they're above the Goon, but... Maybe above that's Luther it. Reigns at 160, but, like, that's, I think, All as right. far as I can go. All right. I think that's fair. Highlanders, 160. Below uh, the Disciples of Death. We're, we have a little tag team glut there. but And again, Jeremy, I don't really think that they're solid hands beyond, say, the Horner line. But I, I just remember being... I, I liked when they showed up on screen. I remember they were goofy. Yep. That's all I can really say. And this is a Russell Silly list. Which it partially is. All right. Another number. 71. 71 is tons of fun. It's like seven foot fun. But not seven foot fun like Big Show. Like seven foot fun like he can't really walk to the ring very Uh, well. But then he randomly shows up to help Jinder Mahal. (laughs) It is the Great Kali. Great Kali. I... I have no love of the great Kali. I under He should be at the bottom of this list. Despite the fact that he will probably be a Hall of Famer. Despite the fact that he won a world title. Despite all of that Despite the fact that he had that great moment in The Longest Yard, he did a nice job in that movie. He was good in that movie. He is a terrible wrestler. I agree. Like, I'm trying to remember, like, did he ever have, like, a run with Santino or something? Like, anything that I can say that I kind of enjoyed? In late 2013... Kali began teaming with Santino Morella and resumed being managed by Hornswoggle. 
Oh boy. The Punjabi Playboy. I enjoyed part like when he was funny, it was good because clearly he has a sense of humor. I don't think you can be that size and be super serious. Yeah, but yeah, you know there are people who are going to really like him. Um, but that's not but, really us. All right, so can can you put a guy who's a former champion as the worst wrestler of all time? No, just he's not that low on the list. And is he? I can't say he's a solid hand though. But again, he probably should be above the Horner line. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely not a solid hand. But like, I'm one. I just picked a random spot. One hundred and four, Savio Vega. 103, Kalisto. I mean, if we're talking about his career, he's above Kalisto, right? He's above above? Primo and Epico. Is he above Tyler Bate? Jason Jordan? Maybe not. Maybe not. Neither of those guys are world champions, but their careers are better. I hesitate as I often do, right there at number 97. Mantar. With Mantar. Yeah. I hesitate putting him above Mantar, even though he probably belongs above Mantar. Yeah, this is definitely a, a, a gut call here. I got, mm. You know, and this is the problem with the list, because at one hand, I, I hesitate to put him above Jason Jordan, but number 78 above Jason Jordan is Mike Kanellis, and I would say, well, yes. He should be above Mike Kanellis. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But that would also put him above Waylon Mercy. Ooh, uh, I know what you mean. Yeah. I mean, oh, <sighs> I mean, realistically, he could be above Drago at 74. He could even be above Bobby Lashley at 68. But I don't know if he gets Heidenreich much higher than 55. that. What's that? Well, let's see. So Alberto Del Rio is 61. He's not as good as Alberto Del Rio. No. No, I don't think so. Chad Gable? But he's better than Chad... You know, again, I hesitated with Jason Jordan. I shouldn't hesitate with Chad Gable at 66. Maybe just below? This is hard. This is a hard one. I could see him at 65. Above the Amazing Red, but not as good as Typhoon or Stacey Keebler. That's probably... Yeah. All right. I think that's fair. All right. Begrudgingly, we will put the great Kali at the, as the 65th greatest. I mean, wrestler. I guess you could make an argument. I threw to up put in my mouth a little bit saying Stacey that. Keebler, but no. Okay, all right. Even though they both have legs and know how to use them, mm-hmm. well, you could make the argument that Kali <laughs> okay. really didn't. Okay, 262. Okay, 262. Crazy Steve. Oh, yeah. Who I believe is part of Decay. Decay. Yes. I like Crazy Steve. Imagine imagine Jeff Hardy. Well, that's pretty much it. Imagine Jeff Hardy. <laughs> imagine Jeff Hardy. Okay. But maybe, I'm, like, not as well, good. Well, let me ask. Are we, are we ranking now... Decay is with Abyss. We can't be... We, Abyss is already ranked. Yeah, so and also, I feel Steve strongly separately. enough about Rosemary, who was the other part of 
Decay that I would want to rank her separately as well. She's not on the list. See again, I gotta She's go back not? and add. I gotta go back and add some people. I might actually use the draft lists to kind of bolster. Yeah, some you're gonna. Of these yeah, Rosemary pro- needs to be on this thing. That'll be a project. Yeah. All right. So tell me about Crazy Steve. This is all you. Um, I've always enjoyed the character. He he, you know, the face painted sort of thing. Imagine the crazy guy. Jeff Hardy. The, he showed up even before Decay as part of the menagerie, which was again sort of just like this weird almost sanity-like group that had appeared in TNA Wrestling back when it still was TNA Wrestling. Uh, He's always been a heel. He's part of... He's been part of the X Division, so, you know, he's more of that faster-paced, higher-flying sort of... He worked... I think he worked very well with the best because of the way that they sort of, you know, complemented each other's styles. Um, And, again, I've always liked the character. I've always had a soft spot for that supernatural type of stuff. I mean, you could maybe make some arguments that at the beginning of Decay and certainly Menagerie, maybe it was more, I don't know, Joker than Supernatural, but certainly by the time it became Decay, I think it was more Supernatural. So, I don't know. I like I like Crazy Steve, but I will say, I've always felt as though he was the weak link of Decay. Um, okay. I don't like... He's definitely my least favorite part of that stable. Um... So, I mean, if I'm thinking about, I don't, I don't, I have to, I have to see where this falls on the list. But in my head, I'm thinking Drago territory. Where's Drago? He's in the seventies. Really, that high? Yeah, Drago is a seventy-five, 75. above Rosie. Okay, that's too high. That's too high. Um, crazy. So Steve. I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm gonna just give you names. Okay. And you say higher or lower. Aiden English, ninety-two. It could be the ballpark. Okay. That could be the ballpark. So better than Lars Sullivan, better than the Colognes. At this point of Lars Sullivan's career, I'd say yes, but I definitely anticipate Lars Sullivan rising higher. So, But not as good as Rockstar Spud. I don't think so. Okay. So, yeah, so Aiden English. Like, I'm thinking, like, so Jason got, Jordan. You know, in We've there. got Aiden English... Luke Gallows, James Storm. Does that sound about right? Yeah, you know, I, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt here. I like the gimmick a lot, so I would put him above James Storm. I'd put him right okay. there at 94. 94. Crazy Steve. With two Zs. Two Zs. For savings. He's crazy. All right. Another number, please. All right. This next number is 604. 604. The Swiss Superman <gasps> Cesaro. Cesaro! Now here's a guy who's excellent. Like, he's really a great wrestler. He's never really gotten his due, I would say. Uh, but, like, just like the crazy strong man feats they've had him perform throughout his career. I mean, he's got a crowd favorite with the swing. I mean, the bar, an all-time great tag team, I would say, at this point, certainly of this era. Plus, don't forget, he teamed with Tyson Kidd. Kadaro was really good, too. Yeah, they were really good. 
Yeah, like Cesaro's just a jack of all trades. Like, no matter what he does, he's really good. He's never really broken through, although I guess you could argue he's broken through in the tag division on a couple of occasions. I mean, has he held any He's singles? a former U.S. champion. Yeah. But yeah, everyone's wanted him to get that big singles push that just hasn't happened. Yeah. So, Despite everything he does when he steps through those four ropes. Yeah, I like Cesaro quite a bit. I mean, I like him better than Amazing I, Red. I'm going to I'm gonna say... I like him better than Chris Sabin. I Saban. could make a case for the top 30. Yeah? All right, we're like, getting tough here. 33. Lance, we got Lance Storm at 35, Abyss at 33... You know, we've got Billy Gunn at 41. Should probably be higher than Billy Gunn. Yeah. Now, I'm definitely... Fandango's at 40, which, to be fair, we should probably fix at some point. (laughs) I definitely see him higher than Lance Storm. Yeah. So, he's in the top 35. So, again, in between 35 and 30, you've got Rick Martel, Abyss, Dean Malenko, Natalia, and Jacqueline. I like Cesaro. Well... So maybe we have to have a conversation here because I like Cesaro more than I like Dolph Ziggler at 29. But yeah. Dolph Ziggler's had a storied career. Dolph Ziggler's had the better career. Yeah. I really like Cesaro. Like, I'm looking at Paul Orndorff at 24, which, to be fair, is the wrong... Like, I shouldn't put him that high. But I really like Cesaro. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But I, 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 that's what I'm looking at, like 30. I'm saying he takes Jacqueline's spot at 30 just behind Dolph Ziggler. Okay. Dolph Ziggler's had the money in the bank cash in. He's a world champion. He's the current intercontinental champion. Yeah. Like, again, I, I do like Cesaro, but he needs that world title. He needs to have had that to, to, mm-hmm. to really... There's nothing wrong with, you know, he's going to come down. He's probably... Now, this is going to sound strange... And it's yes. probably not even a great direct comparison, but I feel there's an essence there. I feel as though Cesaro is is a modern-day Mr. Perfect in some ways. Everything he does is just real good. There, there, are, there are talents whom are just picture-perfect in the ring. Mr. Perfect, one of them. Randy Savage. Sure. Had the, had the charisma, but same sort of thing. You know... Again, not counting all of the independents, but he's a one-time U.S. champion and a five-time tag champion. Yeah. I mean, that's those are some good numbers. And he won the inaugural Andre the Giant Battle Royal back when we thought it was going to mean something. True. And then it didn't. No. All right. So the question is, we've put Cesaro in at 30. We've already put someone in the top 15. Ten? Oh, we put her in the top ten. Do we call it a night with thirty, or do we push to try to get that one more? You know, that one more great name. It's only we're at the forty-six minute mark, so I'm happy to keep going. I just want to know, you know, three hundred and ninety-eight. Three hundred and ninety-eight. Come on, big money. Okay. This is going to sound like big money until the very end. Ray Mysterio Sr. I don't know who that is. I mean, Me I know who Me that is. I can't say I've ever seen him wrestle. Though, right. So. New number, please. All right. Uh, 681. 
681 brings us to the Basham Brothers. Oh, the Basham Brothers. Not going to be high on my list. I like the Basham Brothers, despite the fact that they wore helmets and were Polly's, uh, you know, hired goons on the revival of ECW. Uh, the Bashams, I like less than La Resistance. Yeah. Doug Basham was one of those guys, when you read PWI, he was going to be a star. He was like the develop. He would have been your multiple-time NXT champion who gets called up to the main roster and does nothing. I liked the idea of the Bashams more than I liked the Bashams themselves. I would say below the Horner line. In fact, I would say below the Spirit Squad at 185. Okay. I mean, the Spirit Squad did get poop dumped on them, so that's a pretty high bar. Well, it's a moment that we remember. Yeah. I don't remember much about the Bashams, except... I remember they wore helmets. And I remember at one point they had, like, a dominatrix-style manager. Did they? like, smacked them with a riding crop. Well, that sounds scandalous. So... You know, probably above David Flair. Above Nydia? It's probably the ballpark. Maybe below the dearly departed Brian Christopher. Okay. I can see that. All right. 188. Basham, the Bashams. Brothers, 188. Do you want to head another women's number or right. just stick to the men's? One more women's number. And that number is. 46. 46. Paige here. Paige. Paige. Paige, the the igniter, some would say, of the women's evolution, revolution, whatever. Like, I I don't know. Paige seemed like a big deal. She showed up from NXT. I think she won the women's title on her first night. Like... Yep. She seemed like a really, really big deal. And, I, I mean, obviously she was really young. I think that probably had a lot of influence on different ways that her career went. Um, some unfortunate public moments, perhaps, and obviously uh, a physical career cut short. Um, so I, I don't know. Like it, it's, a, it's all over the place, her story. Um, mm-hmm. I even remember Team PCB, when, when, the, when the revolution really started going. No? Is that not it? No, you're right. I'm just remembering Team Yeah, PCB. the submission sorority. And Bad and the other ones. But, you know, that was like a positive moment. Even her helping shepherd in those who would come on to really headline uh, the revolution. Well, and I think that was it. I think she... She, she just predated it. She, yes. Yeah. She and Emma. Mm-hmm kind of got the ball rolling, got WWE thinking, you know what, we can make something happen with this women's division. And they did, just not with Paige or Emma. Right, and for Paige, again, I feel like her health issues are are really the only thing that's limiting her. Mm -hmm. She was definitely part of that spark. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say, just looking, you know, Emma is, or Tennille Dashwood, depending on how you'd like to call her, is currently ranked 48th. I would say that despite the fact that Paige's career was more successful, the fact that Emma's career is still going makes me want to feel like Emma should be higher. I understand that, but... 
I don't know. Paige had a very unique look. She was a breath of fresh air in an era when women were not great wrestlers across the board. Um, and, you know, not only was she a good wrestler in that regard, but once once the rest of the roster rose up to meet her, she continued to be a good wrestler. And, and you know, now she's doing some more character work. She's doing, I think, a serviceable job as GM of SmackDown. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 think she, I think you could rank Paige above Emma. I think you could. I'm going to give you a name. Okay. Molly Holly. I think you could rank Paige above Molly Holly. Natalia. Yes, above Natalia. Mm, I don't know if I can go above Natalia. Natalia, to me, feels like a person who never quite got there. Paige got there. Natalia's been women's champion I'm not, before. I'm almost sure. Literally, yes. Yes, she has. But in terms, I feel, of, like, her success, her acceptance, that's what I mean, her acceptance by the company, Natalia has, to me, never been the gal that they were going to build around. No. I think she has become the grizzled veteran now. Uh She's paid her dues. She's going to have a program with Ronda Rousey in the very near future. She is going to... You know, now granted, Ronda Rousey, who probably also, if she hasn't been on this list yet, she should be, um, probably doesn't need a lot of help, but Natalia is going to be that. So I, I, I give you that. So, okay, so after, if we were to go above Natalia, we're talking Jacqueline, Cesaro, Dolph Ziggler, Gail Kim. Those are the next four spots above. And um, again, so as much as I love Gail Kim, she's a very talented wrestler. I would say Paige was just as talented and more successful. So now we're entering King... Could you put her above Alexa Bliss and get her in the top 25? If her career was still going, yes. But it's not. But it's not. So are we saying above or below Nikki Bella? Because Nikki Bella's career, more than likely, will keep going. And this is now going back to a Mr. McMahon territory. Like, I feel like Paige overall, you know, as a wrestler, if we're ranking wrestlers here, I've always enjoyed her more than Nikki Bella. But Nikki Bella's had a lot of success with the character, with, you know, the, the spectacle around her, the total Bellas. Like, there's a whole part of the business. I don't know whether or not you really want to consider that on this list, but I feel like it's important. Yeah, I guess she's below right. she's below Nikki Bella. So is she above or below King Kong Bundy? King Kong Bundy is an iconic character, but he's the guy you beat. He's one of the monsters that the hero defeats, and he's not the top monster. He's that B level monster you fight. He's like uh, in the Spider-Man universe, he is not Doctor Octopus. He is more like the Vulture. Although here, here's the thing, though. If let's presume Nikki Bella never wrestles again, which is you know possible, if I were to look at those two careers, Paige and Nikki Bella, I think I would more fondly recall Paige ultimately. Is that because Nikki Bella is of the Divas title generation and Paige? 
kind of was the one, one of the ones who shut the door on that. Not really. I mean, Nikki Bella trained. She became a much better wrestler over time. But I'm, I'm more wondering, do you remember Paige more fondly because her quality of competition was higher than Nikki Bella's was? I don't think so, because Nikki Bella continued to wrestle after. I mean, when okay. Charlotte was on the main roster, we were still in the time where the Bellas were having their world. I'm playing devil's title. advocate. If you want to put Paige at 26, I'm fine with it. Do you disagree? It. No. I'm just asking, because I know there are very ardent Nikki Bella fans mm. out there, and if we get an email at podcast at ddtwrestling.com, they might make the case that Nikki Bella deserves to be higher. Yeah, and I, I am having difficulty here. Like, if Paige was... If, if she was still wrestling, I could see an argument of putting her above Sasha Banks. Well, that's not the case. So, I yeah, compartmentalizing this. Nikki Bella was the longest reigning Divas champion, right? I mean, that's... And if we want to talk about moments as contrived as it was, John Cena proposing to her was a moment. Yeah. Paige's romantic moment in WWE is not one that we're going to see on WWE Network. Fair. You might watch it more often, but it's not going to be on WWE Network. Mm. So you're saying 27 for Paige. I'm saying I could make a case for 26 or 27. I am trying to make the Nikki Bella argument in place of those who will but aren't on the microphone right now. I think you've swayed me. Okay. 27. So, we have put someone in... Well, he was in the top 30. He is no longer in the top 30. We have placed two people in the top 31. And we have a new person in the top 10... And we talked about the great Kali. I feel like this is a very successful episode of the list. Very, Not very productive. Very productive. We we made some. We made some. You know, there are times. There are weeks where we're mainly dealing in the Horner line territory. And while that is a noble discussion, to be sure, you sometimes want to be talking about some bigger names here. Yes. All right there, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us on another fun-filled episode of The List. Uh, the Top Ten is now a group that Doc Manson knows every single one of them, which is a wonderful Amazing. thing. And we'll finish in time for you to watch Monday Night Raw. Aren't you excited? Not particularly. Ronda Rousey versus Alicia Fox. Can't wait. I'll tune in. Anything else you'd like to Anything else you'd like to say, Doc Manson, before we head out into a lovely summer evening? If you like the list, listen to DDT Wrestling. If you listen to both and you like them, I don't know why you would, but you can go to patreon.com forward slash DDT Wrestling and be better than a bestie, be a patron, and contribute to these wacky shenanigans. Help us complete the list podcast at ddtwrestling.com we'll be back next week with another fun filled episode he is Doc Manson at Doc Manson I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews and until we meet again my friends Mr. McMahon is the greatest wrestler of all time